Hello there. My name is Shirley Fisher, and I'm an illustrator, creative business owner, and mom of two. I've been slowly growing from a part-time creator to a full-time working artist since 2016, so I know the joy and struggle of working for yourself and how mindset can impact your growth. It's here where we dig deep through vulnerable chats about running a creative business and uprooting our limiting beliefs. My hope is that you walk away from these conversations feeling empowered with a greater sense of clarity and community. So find a cozy spot, open up your heart, and prepare to be encouraged. Welcome to the Tillage Podcast. If you're a creative business owner, you've probably heard a lot about newsletters and how important they are for your business. But if you don't have a newsletter, it can be very overwhelming to even imagine what that might look like and what platform to use. How do you write one? What should you say? But I want to tell you it's not that hard, and I'm going to encourage you to start one today because having a newsletter is really the best way to get in front of your ideal customer, and you're also building trust with them, newsletter after newsletter. There are so many newsletter platforms out there, but I found that many were clunky, and as a designer, honestly, they weren't very aesthetically pleasing. However, when I found Flowdesk, I finally felt like I could create beautiful newsletters with ease and it was very intuitive and gave me beautiful templates to offer such a visual experience for my reader. Flowdesk has saved me so much time. It makes writing newsletters fun. And I'm so excited because I have a coupon code for you. You can get 50% off your first year of Flowdesk by using my code. So head on over to the tillagepodcast.com in today's show notes, or you can find the link right here in the description below. So muster up that courage. Just start out with their free trial. Give it a try. I promise you it's not that hard. And you'll have your newsletter up and running in no time. Welcome back to the Tillage Podcast, or should I say another year of the Tillage Podcast. I am so excited because, as you know, last week we celebrated 52 episodes here on the Tillage Podcast, and I'm looking forward to recording another 52 for you. I am very dedicated to being in this space, and it excites me so much to look forward to all the interviews that I have lined up and all the content that's going to come to your ears on this show. And so I just want to say another thank you. Thank you for those who wrote me and said happy birthday to the Tillage podcast. For those who gave me a birthday cup of coffee, I so appreciate it. And if you don't know what buying someone a cup of coffee really means, it's a platform where you can basically donate or support a content creator or an artist. And these cups of coffee, you know, I will buy coffee with some of that support, but really that money goes towards producing these podcast episodes. And I'm really thankful to say that this entire episode is actually supported by those who got me a cup of coffee. And those who bought a cup of coffee for me, I just want to give you a shout out because I truly appreciate it. So thank you so much to Andrea, to Kim, to Dina, and to Kat, and to Chandler for buying me a cup of coffee. And I just want to say thanks. It really means a lot to get that financial piece to support the podcast and truly helps me produce these top quality episodes for you every single week. So if you want to check out buymeacoffee.com and you want to help support the podcast, you can find that link on the description of this episode and all the episodes coming up and also on the tillagepodcast.com. 
I also want to say I had so much fun doing a giveaway for everyone who was on my newsletter this past week. And for those who joined in on the giveaway, in order to participate, you had to answer a question in response to the email, and then you were entered into this giveaway. And it was very enlightening to read everyone's responses to these questions. And one of the questions I posed was, what is a current struggle you are facing in your creative journey right now? And I had several people respond to this question, and it was this repetitive response that I thought that I would just take this episode to address these responses, which were that many people are currently feeling that they are overwhelmed, that they aren't sure which revenue stream to focus on. They have so many interests. They have like a lack of direction of where they want to go with their creative business. And they are just having a really hard time focusing in a certain direction. So I'm going to use this first episode of this new season of the Tillage Podcast to not only help you find direction when you're just starting your art business, but you can also use this episode if you're, let's say, five years in, six years in, to recalibrate or realign if you've been at this for a while, but you feel like, I'm not going in the direction I want to be going in. How can we get you back on track to really be building a business that you love, that has the ability to be sustainable, and also is a business that's going to be connected to the lifestyle that you want? So just to set the stage for this episode, I'm going to tell my story where I started from the very beginning, all the twists and turns, what revenue stream I focused on to begin with, where I'm at now. And I realized I haven't really even shared a lot of my story here on the podcast. I mean, you've heard bits and pieces of it if you've been here for a while. But I think it's important for you to just see the journey of a creative business and also in the times that I had intention and I had clarity, how different that has looked than when I didn't. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it's encouraging to you. At the end, I'm going to give you tips to help you find direction and realign. But this episode is going to be more of a story sprinkled with advice and tips. So snuggle up, get your coffee, pretend we're just hanging out, and I'm just telling you all about my creative business. So we're going to go back in time. I'm actually not sure how far back in time I should go, but we'll just say that throughout college and post-college, I had a desire to be creating, but I didn't exactly know where that fit into my life. And I never, ever, ever thought that I would be in the position I am now where I was creating art for my living. I just didn't think that was possible. I didn't know how to attain that. I went into school with an art major and actually ended up dropping it because of a lot of different reasons, but one of them was mainly imposter syndrome, and I did not feel like I was cool enough or skilled enough or felt like I had enough educational background in high school to prepare me to be in a college art class. And I also didn't really know what I would do with it. I just thought, well, if I have an art major, I guess that I'm just going into graphic design. And at the time, sitting in front of a computer to create something did not feel very appealing to me. And so I didn't pursue an art major, and I ended up being an intercultural studies major with an art minor. And let's just fast forward. 
I found myself being an aide to an art teacher in an elementary school classroom. And it was like all of this creative energy that had been pent up inside of me just started to bubble to the surface because I was teaching elementary students art projects every single day, how to use watercolor, how to mix the colors, working with clay, teaching color theory, teaching how to use colored pencils and shade and how to erase your pencil marks. And I just fell back in love with creating. And it was like part of myself was awakened to this deep desire to create that I had kind of snuffed for many years. And this was in 2015, and I just started creating in my free time after teaching and in the evenings. If there was some downtime, I just picked up some watercolors and started creating for fun again. And I had a dear friend, Lynn Richards is her name. She's an artist that I, at the time and still to this day, highly respect. But she was like that person I saw that I was like, oh, she's an artist. Like she has a studio. She has beautiful mason jars of paintbrushes and she teaches workshops and she does these art and craft shows and she mats her work and she signs it. I just couldn't even fathom even getting to that place. But she encouraged me to do an art show and I just didn't even know where to start. Like, who am I to do an art show? I don't even have enough work. I don't know how to package anything. And so we met for coffee and she told me about cello wrappers and she told me about all the things that you just have no idea where to start. And so in 2015, I had my first art show and I was hooked. I loved the experience of the exchange and the knowledge that my work was going to be hanging in someone's home or that my greeting card was going to be handed to someone for their birthday. And it just excited me so much that I set out to just start creating more. I say this because I never had a long-term vision for what this was going to turn into. I didn't have any goals All I wanted was to find the courage to show my art and make some money doing it. I never set out for this to be a career or that this would be something that I would be fighting for to make a full-time living out of. And I want to say that because looking back now, I almost wish that I had been a little bit more introspective or at least thought about what that might look like. But because I was so new to this experience, I was just overcome with information and I didn't even know what options were available to me. What I'm saying to you now is I would really encourage you to think about these things that we're going to talk about today, even if you're at at a beginning stage, because I feel like if I had a mentor or someone who was guiding me in this process to show me options and to show me where these paths could take me, I probably would have done things differently. But at that very early stage, and you might be there right now, I was just trying to figure out how do you package a card? (laughs) How do you print a card? What is my illustration style? 
how am I going to make money at this? How do I scale this? And I didn't know what other options were available to me. And so we're going to fast forward a little bit to, let's say, from 2015 to 2019. During this whole time, I was just doing craft shows in my local community. I never even left my city. I just did craft shows, I think, maybe three to four times a year. I had no website, and I was creating just to go to these shows, and I sold maybe a couple things here and there off of Instagram that people would message me, and I would literally drop stuff off at people's homes. I was trying to do bookkeeping by myself with like an Excel spreadsheet. It was a hot mess, and just trying to figure it out. I did have a business license, but I just had no idea what options were available to really scale my business. And I chose grading cards to really focus on because to me, they were easy to produce. I liked creating messaging to spread joy and hope. And they were actually somewhat cheap to make. Like I could create some grading cards And it wasn't going to be a huge financial burden to create this product. So that's why I really started with greeting cards, to be honest. I loved the idea of sending love through the post and to encourage people. But it was also tied to the fact that this was a product that I could create easily with my finances and that were easy to store. They weren't large. And it just made perfect sense. During this whole time... I also was just discovering what in the world I was doing with my art style. And you might be there right now. I was discovering how to scan my watercolors. How do I use Photoshop? I still don't know how to use Photoshop very well. But I was trying to figure out how do I get my art piece that I created with watercolor into the computer so that I can print it out on a card. And I was doing all my own printing. I was cutting everything. I was folding my own cards. But I was just doing the best with what I knew. Later during that time, I decided I really needed to take Adobe Illustrator if I wanted to up my game. And so I took a Adobe Illustrator class at a local community college. And I went through the entire Adobe Illustrator course book, did all the lessons we were supposed to do. And I realized this was a component that I really needed to understand how to get my artwork out into the world more efficiently and in a more polished way. We'll be back after this short break. I was once where you might be right now. I wanted flexibility. I wanted to see my art on products. I wanted a foundation to build my art business on because let's be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I wanted to learn about art licensing and how to pitch and how to make a portfolio. And I didn't exactly know how to do that until Leverage Your Art, an eight-week course by Stacey Bloomfield. If you dream about designing for your favorite brands or you want to see your art on product or you want to have a successful creative career, I want you to listen to this because this course only opens up once a year. And today, August 29th, 2023, is the last day that it is open up. So if you're sitting here right now, you're not sure if this is for you, I want you to know that in 
this eight-week depth course, Stacy will be teaching you everything she knows about being a successful artist, what you'll need in your portfolio, how to pitch, how to grow multiple revenue streams, how to get your art on the product, and have a foundation for your art business. I would love to invite you to join this course because it's made such an impact on my life. I'm so thrilled to be an affiliate for Stacy this year. If you're interested in this course or if you want to read more information about it, you can click my special affiliate link right here below the description or head on over to thetillagepodcast.com to find it on today's show notes. And if you sign up with my special link, you'll also get a bonus free group coaching call with me. We're going to tackle all the questions that you have that I can support you in on your own creative business or in your mindset. And I would be so thrilled to meet you in person on this Zoom call. If you have any questions about Leverage Your Art, feel free to email me, direct message me on Instagram. I've been answering a lot of questions this week, and this is the last day. So if you're listening to this here on this Tuesday, August 29th, it's the last day to sign up. So please ask your questions. I'm here to help you. So once again, if you want to sign up or want more information, click that link in the description below or head on over to the tillagepodcast.com in today's show notes. Now back to the show. So there's a transition from my watercolor work to then I was creating artwork just with black Sharpie and ink, and then I would scan it and I would image trace it and I would use layers and I was starting to create digital artwork in Illustrator to create my greeting cards. So if you're listening and you're like, how in the world did you come up with your signature style? Because that's another question I got a lot of. And it was a lot of play, but it was a lot of intention. I really started to think about what elements I could continuously repeat in my illustrations, such as use of color. I use a lot of polka dots. I tend to draw my leaves and my flowers in a certain way. And I've just repeated and repeated that way that I draw those things. And I've also used the same way that I color in my objects with just a 6B (laughs) pencil on the iPad. And I just scribble. I don't use any brushes at all. This is just your simple 6B pencil that comes with the program, and I don't do any layering. Everything's very separated, and that was all intentional. I think when you are starting out, the biggest piece of advice I can give is that you just do the same thing over and over and over again, and with time, just like we talked about last week, that path becomes a road. People start to say, oh, Shirley draws these kind of funky looking fig leaf things and they're in a ton of her illustrations and they might not even be thinking that. But with time, my work can be recognized in a shop because I've been creating the same look for so long that it's noticeable. And that's what I think really helps if you want to create stationery is to have a signature style that people can know your brand a mile away. They know exactly what your card style looks like. They know what your messaging is. So I hope that kind of helps you if you're trying to figure out your signature style. But I think it's one of the things that people get really stressed out about, and they actually let that experience stunt them. And I was on a mission to just keep pushing in, and I took 
three to four years to really play and to figure out what I was doing until I kind of settled on what that look was going to be. So in 2019, I really started to create that repetitive look. And I had about 10 cards that I was pretty satisfied with. It was going in a new direction from what I was doing. I had gotten my iPad and it was like the world of opportunity had been opened up because I was so tired of meticulously creating my work in Illustrator. I didn't honestly like the experience of scanning all of these tracing papers and layering. I didn't like the process of trying to get my watercolors to try to match the color in its original format. So to have this iPad and have it streamline my process where whatever I drew on the iPad, the color was going to stay the same I could still have that drawn look, but have it be digital. It just, it blew open the door of possibilities for me in my art journey. And at this time in 2018, I had my daughter. So in 2019, I really was like determined to try to figure out how I could make this work, how I could try to do my art business full time eventually. And I had no idea how to get there. But serendipity happened. I met somebody who told me about this person he knew. Her name is Kimberly of Lacelet. And she was wholesaling. She had taken Paper Camp, a program with Katie Hunt. And I was totally intrigued. I had never really heard about wholesaling, what that looked like. And at that moment, it was like this light bulb that went off, recognizing that I could potentially scale my business and not just rely on orders every, you know, couple of months from craft shows. Like I said, I did not have a website at this point, so I was not selling online. And I realized this could be the ticket. This could be the thing that could help me grow my business. So in September of 2019, I took paper camp. I learned about wholesaling and it was full speed ahead. I took my brand seriously in 2020. I got professional photography done. I started to try to get my card line up to 40 cards, which was recommended by Katie to start wholesaling. And I just started chipping away. I remember having a list that said, I need 10 birthday cards. I need three sympathy cards. I need three of this card. And I just checkmarked And that was what I started with. I just had 40 cards and I launched my cards onto a platform called FAIR. And I had my first real launch into wholesale with their first ever FAIR summer market in the summer of 2020. And that's when things really started to move for me. But by the end of 2020 into January of 2021, I knew I had to start pitching I had also taken Leverage, Your Art, with Stacy in the summer of 2020, and she's really the person who made pitching very clear to me of how I could successfully showcase my brand, my art, and my voice through email and through the power of persistence of follow-up, and that was key. I needed to have someone tell me, your work is not going to get found Maybe, maybe it might randomly on Instagram, but you have to be actively pitching. So in January of 2021, I quit my job 
from teaching elementary art. I had found out I was pregnant with my son, and I started my career as a working artist. Now, was I ready? Absolutely not. (laughs) I had no idea still what I was doing, and I just knew I had to make this work because I really did not want to teach being pregnant a second time, and this was a way that I felt like I could support my family, but also do something that I loved, but also have that flexibility. So in 2021, I had my first wholesale catalog created. I started to pitch to 25 shops a week. And in 2021, I got over 70 new wholesale accounts. And I was five shops away from hitting my goal of 100 shops at the end of 2021. So within a year and a half, I had reached my goal of 100 shops, and that took a lot of work. So I want to make this so clear that if you want to do this thing, this art business, this art dream, it takes work. (laughs) It's not going to come and fall in your lap. You need to put the effort in, but you also have to be so aligned with what your vision is. And I will tell you, even to this point in my journey, all I knew is that I wanted to be a working artist full time. I didn't really know what my vision was past that. So let's fast forward to 2022. I just was still chipping away at wholesale. I brought on my first reps in the summer of 2022. And if you don't know what a rep is, it's a salesperson who takes your product to different territories around, in my case, the United States, and pitches your product on your behalf, and then they get a commission if they get a sale. So I brought on sales reps. I started the Tillage podcast in September of 2022. I got my own studio space so that I could host all of the cards that I was producing and have my own space to have an employee in the future. And I sent out my first order to Paper Source and Terrain in the year of 2022. Fast forward to 2023 in January, I launched the Tillage Village membership. In March, I hired my studio assistant and I got a virtual assistant. And now my cards can be found in over 200 shops in the U.S. and Canada. And I got my first order to Anthropology that I shipped out at the end of June. It has been a wild ride, my friends. And there have been really low points and really high points This is what I love about being a creative entrepreneur is that the experience is just so much more than creating art for me, like creating this podcast. It's been a very incredible journey of interpersonal development, of perseverance, of troubleshooting, of really knowing my why. And that's what we're going to get to right now. So my whole story is me setting out to try to become a full-time working artist, to have income for our family, to have flexibility, to do something that I loved. But I didn't really know what the vision of my lifestyle or what my financial goals really were. And I didn't start to recognize that until around last year, actually. I was in a mastermind and I just started to realize what am I doing? Where am I heading? What do I want to be doing? How am I using my gifts and my talents effectively? Can I be using them better? Are there areas that I want to play bigger in? And the more I thought about this, 
And the more I had intentional time to journal and to really reflect on what I wanted for myself and my business is when a lot of clarity started to come into play and when a lot of shifts started to happen. So 2022 was a big year for me and my business. There were some of the biggest shifts, some of the biggest moments of bravery for me that happened in 2022, and that all came from a lot of work behind the scenes in late 2021 into 2022. So here's where we're going to get down to the meat of all of this, and this is the tips I'm going to give you if you're feeling a lack of direction or you're feeling overwhelmed with all the different revenue streams. And when we talk about revenue streams, we're talking... Do you want to get into wholesale? Do you want to pursue art licensing? Do you want to pursue print on demand? Do you want to become a teacher and and have an education side of your business? All of these options can be so, so overwhelming. So I have three tips and I'm going to unpack them, but I have three tips to really help you have direction if you're just starting out Or, like I mentioned, if you've been at this for five, six, seven years, to help you realign if you're feeling like you're getting off track or you've built something that you might not even really love anymore. And that's okay. I am going to just sit here and give you permission. If you're having that feeling like, I have built this thing and I don't really like it anymore, I don't know what I'm doing, I feel like I'm called into something bigger, but I'm scared. I felt all of those things, so I'm just giving you permission to feel that. So these three tips I'm giving you, the first one is knowing your vision for your lifestyle and financial goals. The second is to pick one revenue stream and build it strong before moving on to the next thing. And the third is being guided by your why. These things, if I had known these from the very beginning it would have really altered some of the decisions I made in my creative journey. So we're going to start with talking about knowing your vision for your lifestyle and your financial goals. There are so many different revenue streams out there for artists. That's what's so exciting and amazing about being a creative entrepreneur. There are so many different options. But what I want you to think about is think about yourself into the future, We don't often do that very often or well, and I certainly didn't. I didn't know getting into wholesale could potentially lead me into a position where I had no room to store my inventory. That wasn't even in my mind. I just thought, wow, wholesale, I can make a little bit more money from my artwork. This sounds like a good option, but I hadn't thought about what that could potentially lead me into and if I actually desired that. So know your vision for your lifestyle. Do you want to be able to travel? Do you want freedom from being in one location at all times? Do you want to hire? Do you want to have a team? Do you want to have multiple streams of revenue and have really high peaks of your income at certain parts of the year that help, you know, balance out everything? If you have clarity in this question, this is really going to help you decide what revenue stream to lean into. Because that's a question I got a lot was, well, what revenue stream is for me? What do I choose to do? Do I try licensing? Do I do print on demand? And if you know what your vision for your lifestyle is, that's going to be so much more clear to you. 
If you haven't listened to episode one of the Tillich podcast, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. This episode was with Allie Hooten of Quake Creative, and she just openly and vulnerably talked about shifting from creating products to leaning all in to licensing. And this was a lifestyle decision that she made. So she's a perfect example of someone who really was intentional about thinking about the vision that she wanted for her life and recognizing that she wanted to have flexibility and wanted to be able to travel and that having a product-based business wasn't going to be right for her. So tip number one, know your vision for your lifestyle and your financial goals. Number two is pick one thing and stick with it. Build it strong before moving on to the next one. I love having multiple revenue streams. I have wholesale, I do a little bit of retail, and now I have my membership and I'm starting to build content to create workshops in the future. And so having multiple revenue streams is very exciting for me. But there is no possible way out the gate that I would be able to have multiple revenue streams going all at once if I hadn't built one stream of revenue very strong. So I was very intentional about only focusing on wholesale for several years before I felt like I could start to play bigger in other parts of my business and hire somebody to help me with that revenue stream so I could start to build others. So if you're like me, I mean, I get so excited. I want to try everything. I want to do licensing. I want to do surface pattern design. I want to do Skillshare. I have all these things I want to do, but we cannot go on to the next thing before we build one piece strong. So as hard as it is, I'm going to encourage you to pour all of your energy, all of your time into one revenue stream before you move on to the next thing. And that word strong can be, you know, different for everybody, but I think that for some people, they might only have to work on a revenue stream to make it strong for a couple of months, while some people it might take six, eight, nine months a year. That's going to look different for everybody. But I think when we're trying to do so many different things at once, it's just not going to be as successful. So that was tip number two. Pick one revenue stream, build it strong, and move on to the next thing. The last one is be guided by your why. To avoid shiny object syndrome and saying yes to things you shouldn't be saying yes to and to getting off track, sticking to your why and knowing your why is going to be the compass that guides you. And I have found this to be so true in my life when I just get so off track. I can't tell you how many times I have gotten off track because it just looks like oh, well, I can make a quick buck there. Or or if I say no to that, I'll never get that opportunity again. I mean, I have done projects that took way longer than anticipated that really took away time from things I really wanted to be building. So be very guided by your why. Know what your why is and what your goals and your vision for your life are. And that's going to help keep you on track. I actually made a worksheet for you too. 
if you're somebody who really struggles to say no to things like myself, I have created a worksheet to help guide you in determining when to say yes or no to something. And I would love for you to download it. You can find it in the show notes and in the description below. But this will be a way to really have a check-in point with yourself to ask yourself when you have an opportunity, is this connected to my why? Is this going to impact my overall goals? And if the answers are no to that, then it's going to help you make a decision on whether to say yes or no to a project or an opportunity. So I hope this episode was encouraging for you to just recognize that this is a long journey and a lot of clarity comes through taking that action, taking those small steps, and it's okay if you are five years in and you're recognizing, I need to get back on track. Like I'm doing something that isn't really aligned with the vision I have for myself then let's start to realign and really focus in on our why, the vision we have for ourselves and our goals, and recalibrate. So thank you for carving out time to listen to my story and to hear these tips. And I am really looking forward to next week with you as we sit down for another episode. Here are the key takeaways from today's episode. The three tips for finding direction and quieting overwhelm were know your vision for your lifestyle and financial goals, picking one revenue stream at a time and build it strong before moving on to the next one, and being guided by your why. Having a clear understanding of where you want to go will help guide your creative journey and keep you from ending up somewhere you didn't want to be or creating a business you don't really love. Consider your desired business model. Do you want to have a studio? Do you plan to hire or work with a team? Do you want to have multiple revenue streams? And do you want to be able to travel freely and have flexibility? When starting out, try to choose a revenue stream with a low barrier to entry. Starting with something accessible and budget-friendly also allows for a smoother start to your creative business. If you want to create products that are scalable in the future, make sure your product design is able to accommodate that. Stay focused on your why to avoid distractions and shiny object syndrome and know your goals so that you can stay aligned on your creative path. And lastly, if you want to evaluate opportunities and projects, download my worksheet today so that you can ensure they align with your goals and why before committing. Thanks again for listening to the Tillage Podcast. It brings me so much joy knowing that you spent your very precious time with me here today. If you want more, head on over to thetillagepodcast.com for today's show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode.